cliffcentral.com Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com Welcome to the Fashion Lab show and thank you for tuning in. My name is Lisa Gumba Regis Ford, your host, and on today's show we are talking the African fashion education curriculum. Now, for me, I believe gone are the days where only your fashion degree can earn you a dream fashion career. However, education is still one of the most important processes that any of you can invest in. Obviously, education is power, and I believe that strongly. Um, now, even though the number of available fashion industry career opportunities are so scarce, the number is still small in comparison to the number of graduates who dream of a career in the field. However, Hope and the ability to build your own empire should actually keep you dreamers moving and shaking because the same skills and talents needed to be a designer can also be used in related occupations across the uh, value chain. You know, and I feel like a lot of people really just focus on, oh, I want to be a fashion designer. But the truth is that you've got all these skills and you can actually push them into other uh, sort of uh, related occupations like merchandising, art direction, there's personal shopping and styling, there's buying for different boutiques, setting up your own boutique or managing it. There's so many things. I mean, the value chain is so diverse, and that's where we have to also encourage a lot of uh, fashion graduates or fashion fashion students who are still uh, still have some years to also kind of figure out which direction to just spread your wings. You don't have to. Not everyone has to be a designer. Actually, not everyone can be a designer. Now, as a fashion graduate, once you graduate, I believe it's also important for you to understand that nothing's guaranteed and getting into the world with your degree is just, that's one thing. Getting into the world with your degree means nothing until you apply it where applicable and then you run with it. So before we move further, I have some three top tips to fashion graduates uh, who are getting into the world and, you know, they get in there and they're like, oops, what is this? Uh, the first tip for you is to start your own by collaborations. And by collaborations, I mean a lot of times students graduate and then they want to be uh, Tom Ford. It, it doesn't work that way. It, it can't, you can't do that. Maybe you can think about going to intern for Tom Ford or going to propose to some of these brands, uh, some sort of collaborative, uh, proposal around maybe working with them on a, on a capsule collection, whatever it is. Or you could also just go by working within a related, uh, sort of industry for a year or two just to really see what you're getting into and to get the ropes and just understand how things um, work. So you have to start, you start small. I still think you can start big. I'm not a person who I hate making, I hate squeezing people into a box. I think that you should be free. You should fly, but also just be realistic and just, you know, get into it. Take a few minutes, get into it and, and see how it goes. The second tip is your degree is not the end. It's only the beginning. So You've got to explore, you've got to understand the global fashion market. Whether you decide to further education in a fashion capital like London, New York, Tokyo, Milan, Paris, or whether you travel away to go interning for a successful brand that you've admired somewhere away from your base, I think that's really important. Uh, and, and then the third tip for you is internships, um, incubation pay, uh, programs. And I personally believe that fashion incubator programs like the Fashion Lab Incubation Program, which provides design and business mentoring coupled with development and manufacturing assistance, along with working with a sort of dedicated retail partner, can really boost uh, your presence into the market as a graduate. Uh, the experience is intense. It's immense. The program obviously helps build a viable designer slash retailer slash manufacturer relationship. And you can find yourself after the internship really just flowing in or the incubation period program flowing into the industry in such a, with so much ease. Um, so I think for me, I'm not really the one that went to school for fashion, by the way, but <laughs> I am in the industry. I am in business. And at the end of the day, business is business. Fashion business is fashion business. And how you acquired it, acquired is up to you. The only reason I'm really pushing these tips out there is because obviously we are talking about the fashion education curriculum. And I just think that, you know, for those of you who are not self-taught like me, you've got options of how to continue to penetrate and continue to grow. For those of you who didn't make it to fashion school, you know, if you're street smart and you, uh, you've got that business thing in you, you can, you can take it to where you want to take it to. Anyway, before I introduce our special guest today, uh, we are joined on the show. Uh, we're going to be joined by Morag Stein, who is our internationally accredited beauty consultant and makeup artist uh, with her Glam Up for a dose of makeup 
and beauty tips. We're also joined by our New York contributor, Edgy Benson, with his echoes from New York. Uh, Edgy runs a new New York fashion services company based in New York, and he sources services to fashion designers and fashion houses. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Thank you, Liz. How are you? Uh, we are fine, thank you. And you? Good. Excited. Fantastic. <laughs> and, shirt, fantastic. Right? And what Love are you? Love the topic. Thank you. And what are you wearing today? Be creative again. <laughs> I have to be super creative. I am, well, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. I am ready for everything. I mean, for not a lot of things other than uh, Fashion Lab. I am wearing jeans and a house coat. Good. Is there any one day, Edu, that you'll just, can you next week wear the blue shorts or something? Just something different well, next week. No, I'm asking you that for next week, when I, please, when I ask you what you're wearing, even if you're not, can you maybe wear something, some blue shorts or something, something else? Okay. <laughs> okay. Just to give us some flavor on this side. We, we're about I am to, gonna lie bef- before we start a- asking the question and answering it for you. But anyway, welcome to the show. It's always nice to have you on and to pick your mind around these conversations, especially from the other side of the world. Um, we are definitely, for those who are tuned in for the first time, uh, just a quick reminder to you, I've got my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So I call that my red glass of wine uh, is where we unwind. And so think about who you want to dress and why and share with us. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We are on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram. Keep your tweets coming. Uh, share with us some of your whatever it is around the fashion education system, it could be uh, just sort of maybe some of the elements that you would love to see um, added on to your fashion um, education curriculum, especially if you're a student in a fashion school in the continent. Now, um, I would like to introduce our special guest on the show before we move too far. She's the head of the Department of Fashion Design in the Faculty of Art, Design and Architecture at the University of Johannesburg. And she started teaching in fashion design in 1988, completed a few years overseas in Fiji, returned in 91, has taught at several institutions offering fashion design education. She also lectures in fashion design on undergraduate um, level and supervises postgraduate students in the BTEC, BA honors uh, design, MTech, and MA programs. Now, with her current area of research specialization being on environmental, environmental sustainability in fashion design praxis, her goal is to develop creative thinkers and problem solvers that are able to view the discipline of fashion through a different lens. Allow me to introduce to you Desiree Small. Welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. It's I know. Awesome. Was that a good intro? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Would you hire me to do your intro? <laughs> absolutely. I'm not sure everything's right. Okay, let, let me take it easy. But, you know, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. And before we we go further in, uh, could you just share with our listeners what you're mm. wearing and what's inspiring the look? Oh, okay. Um, I normally dress what is necessary for the day. So today I needed to kind of hone in on some some um, special energy from uh, a friend of mine. So two of the pieces that I'm wearing is something that she designs, a label obsidian. Um, I love Maya Press, so I'm wearing the Maya Press. Um, these are beads, uh, necklaces that are bat- actually buttons. It's made by wow. a crafter in the Western Cape. So I'm very local today. It's beautiful, and I love those neck pieces. I mean, okay. I didn't even realize they're buttons. We'll take a picture oh. of it and tweet it as well. It's beautiful, <laughs> but thank you so much uh, once again. Now, uh, Desiree before we go six feet under, let's talk about the role of... Oh, okay, hold on. No one asked me what I'm wearing. Jeez. <laughs> I was going to. Okay, I was okay, going ask, to, but you ran off so ask, quickly. Ask me then. Liz, yes. what are you wearing today? So I'm wearing this and beautiful... Be creative. Yes, I'm wearing this beautiful Kitenge dress that I think it's probably from like, I think a year ago. It was one of these little capsule collections. I pull off through the summer just to change looks and kind of bring in some vibrance. It's very heavily um, layered on the bottom to give it some really good structure. And uh, it's very colorful because I'm feeling colorful like the butterfly that I am. And uh, it's just easy. It's hot in Johannesburg. So I just wanted to wear something that's easy. I love to wear a nice little dress and just get out because it's the easiest thing with my beautiful. um, What brand is this again? Let's see. Mm, With my D&G pumps. 
not pumps. It's um, high heel stilettos with a point. With a point. <laughs> Very sharp. That if you step in my way, I will. I will attack. But anyway, that's I what do. I'm wearing, and I'm feeling good, and I love the energy. I love the color in the room. I, I love the the flow so far. So I want to now go it's a back. Beautiful print, by the way. It's an and, awesome print. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I love it. Too. Thank you, Edgy. Thank you. So now, um, Desiree, before we go too deep, I want us to talk about the role of fashion education and how imperative you feel it is for fashion students dreaming of running their fashion businesses to actually go through this process. I, well, I think um, what you said earlier, um, you know, you know, you, there's so many routes into the industry um, and, and fashion education or design education is, is one root of it. So um, it's not necessarily a given that if you enter into a program such as we provide or so many of the d- design programs, that that is the only way for you to become a successful designer because it eventually is about what you, your own passion and, and where you get your energy from, where you get your, where you want to go, what your own kind of drive is. Um, but a lot of students come into the programs um, that South Africa offers, and I think this is all over the world, thinking that the only way that you um, – or thinking that I am – I love clothes and therefore I will be a designer. And that's a misconception, and that's really a big – and it's it's not often a, a, a nice one to be able to tell the students, um, you know, what – you you don't necessarily have the, 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 the creative insight. Um, but then uh, there are so many facets of the industry as well. I mean, there are people that are really um, uh, want to become good constructors and there are illustrators, there are graders, there are people that could be very creative. They are the, so, so there are so many facets and so many layers. I think what an education does give you is, is kind of the discipline to be able to and the knowledge to um, – to think of ways of, of doing. So if you want to be that creative, then through a fashion education, you could learn how to um, be a good pattern maker to be able to do a three-dimensional garment um, with blocks on it or, you know, you know, really take it to the limit. Um, but that it very much is your own drive. I think all of the programs that we offer in South Africa are very broad. So, so they do give a very good base of, of what is possible and, and what is necessary. Because then in the end, if you want to be a good designer and you want to make good product, the product has to be good and it has to be a very good quality. So there are certain very technical things that you do learn from through education. I really, um, I love what you're talking about. I want to go to, I'm going to jump to edgy. Before I come back to you, Desiree, and I'm going back to Edgy because of the fact that, like, when we speak as fashion um, professionals in the industry, he definitely went to school for it. Um, I didn't. But we can sit down and we can be in business and we can do things. And I think uh, it's also very encouraging, especially coming from you, who's in the faculty, to actually sit and say it's not just about education. There's so many other elements of that have to be fulfilled for someone to be able to actually say I'm now running a fashion business successfully. Mm-hmm. I think the commercial viability is more important for me, I think, more than ever. I feel that the business behind fashion is so essential that I want to come back to you on that and the curriculum talking about like kind of where you guys put emphasis. Cause after finding out your creative uh, sort of flow, obviously there's got to be the next step and the next step yeah. and, and coming out into the world to say, I'm very good at pattern making. If you don't have the business uh, mentality around it, then what are you going to do? Go look for a job again. I mean, mm. so edgy, I want to come to you. Um, how how imperative is the role that education, fashion education has played in your business? Because you obviously, you know, talk, um, talk to us. Let's hear from you. I, you know, to be honest, I have to thank Desiree for coming to, uh, <laughs> to, to the show. You know, it's, this, is, this is probably one of the best um, topics to discuss. When we're, if we're targeting fashion design in Africa at the core of it, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I have a very, um, a very personal story. I went to fashion school in Chicago. I went to best uh, art schools in Chicago, in the U.S. really, to study fashion. But they were a very movie-centered school. 
And I was there for two and a half years, and I learned everything that was visual, that was theory, that was glamorizing of fashion. But I wasn't so sure that if I finished, it will, I would have the choices that I wanted, which is I wanted to have a choice to either work with someone, work for someone, or set up my own company, you know? Um, so I, I have to investigate what would be a better choice for me in terms of the programs offered. And at the end of the day, I had to make a very costly decision. I changed from this glamorous school to a two-year program that offered me um, the skills that I needed, the studio, the studio concentrations that I needed, draping, tailoring, flat pattern drafting, uh, sewing, you know, understanding textiles, the manipulation of it, and just also they, they fed us a lot of visual cues of fashion in the old days with Chanel, with, you know, all these other, like the Jeffrey Beans and all the people that, you, you know, Balenciaga, all the core people that the fashion grew from, you know? So, you know, so I think education is so key to where you don't have some people are born with it and they don't really need education but like Desiree said education gives you the discipline and the exposure so it's it's huge I feel like educating a fashion designer needs to not be so academic it has to be more vocational the guys when they're finished have to be able to stand on their own or decide to be with someone but they have to have a choice they have to have better choices and a good education a more studio focused education gives them for my in my experience better choices because they come out understanding not just not just the the glamour of fashion the design and the, you know but they also understand manipulating fabrics they understand silhouette to fabric uh, you know silhouette to fabric relationships they are more hands-on. That would be my take on education. I, I mean, there's so much to say on this topic, but, you know, for a starter, I think, yes, education is important, but it's not the all-in, but it's very important in terms of just helping you understand, uh, you know, to conceptualize. Thank you, Edgy. May I respond to that? I, I absolutely agree with you, and I think that's what you also said, Liz, that um, education is just the start of it. And I think what's very important, I think we have um, acquired a, a wide array of of types of programs that, that institutions offer, whether they're private or state-subsidized. I think it's very important for when you want to start studying is that you understand what the focus of that particular program is. Um, just if I can just use our example, um, we've got two programs that we offer, but they're both very different focuses or foci. So, so it's important that as a student you understand and that you know where it is that you're going. But to be able to do that, you've got to kind of make that very pertinent decision that this is your career and, and where you want to take your career, whether you want to become a kind of a retail designer, whether you're more interested into running a shop or being on the merchandising side. So I think those decisions are really key before you actually start looking for the type of program. And then you've got to understand what the program does because there's design and there's design. And I agree with you that there, um, that, that there should be more, um, or, or that they, the, the focus on, on the, on the practical side should not be lost. It is an inevitably a skills based, a skills program. However, I do agree, I don't agree with you on the not so much theory because, uh, but I come from a university, so we do have to have theory. Um, but, but I mean, we yeah. do a lot of, we, we've, we've moved, we've moved away from the star designer kind of approach to a more of a, Design with intent approach. So how do I use design to, to address social issues or to address issues such as sustainability? So, so that's kind of our, our theory, theory that we, that we add to it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just want to come back now to my other point. And the reason I was bringing that up when I spoke about commercial viability or just thinking more and getting really fine tuned with the business um, element of whatever it is the students are actually focusing on. Because at the end of the day, for me, my thing is it's beautiful to know how to create and do all of these things. Hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, one of the things I personally encourage, especially the creative industry, is 
do start your own. The world is your oyster. Start your own meaning. Please just do something for, instead of getting out of school and saying, I'm looking for a job. Because if I hear one more, I'm looking for a job, I'll fall, I'll fall over. There's not enough opportunities when it comes to looking for a space to get placed in. Because there's so yeah. many students. And you'll give me some facts out of uh, just UJ's um, fashion department because I don't know how many students average, how many students averagely graduate on a yearly basis? Um, we, we have about, um, be, around about two, 30 students that graduate, 30, 35 students. Um, we don't have a big intake. So we have a, we only take in, um, a maximum of 30 into each program. So, uh, you know, through the years, by the end of the, the third year, you've got a 30, 35 student, uh, you know, um, maybe 40 students that graduate um, in, in your undergraduate years. And out of those, I think um, we have about 80% of them ending in, in some form of, of, um, of established business. However, so whether it's theirs or yeah, them getting hired? Uh, them getting hired. Okay. What we are seeing a lot more of is that students are coming in saying, but I'm already starting with a little label. And, and, and that's something that we want to foster throughout so that when they leave, they've got a better understanding how to, to get into business. So we are considering or formulating our business component in kind of a, a pre-incubation space or hub um, so that you get more business savvy and the hands-on. So it's not just the theory of, of what is running a business. It's about actually doing it. And would you say that the current curriculum actually really has a big driver? What sort of percentage when it comes to the business element of fashion or the creative industry does your curriculum offer the students? Well, I think, um, and I'm, and I'm just speaking about the one particular program, the fashion production program, but the, the course is structured in such a way that they constantly interact with industry. So, so it's, and it's that interaction on different levels that they, uh, that they get into touch with industry. So for instance, on the second year level, they work very closely with a, with a, um, a corporate, um, producer. So, and they come and they, they get a brief and, and they would need to work against the brief and, and that whole business side is added into that program. So it's not just, um, a standalone. A standalone. We, that's something that we're working really hard on to, to kind of get that as an integrated approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and in third year, for instance, the, they actually went to a, um, a shop in Melville and they had to put a collection into the shop and they had to, had to be there for two weeks and it had to be reviewed afterwards. What were their sales? They had to do their costing. So, so we try and through that. So it's an integrated approach, much more than a separate module kind of um, approach to, to theory and then trying to add the practice to it because that, that in our mind doesn't work. So now you, you started in 98. I mean, and you've been going and going. Obviously this evolution happening Absolutely. in so many ways. How do, for your fashion and education curriculum at UJ, how do you, from your point of view, how often does it get upgraded? Uh, do you guys look and, and, and move with the trends and the global trends? Because obviously, uh, you know, if, mm. if you don't move with these things, then it becomes, then we wonder what the students are actually yeah, absolutely. doing in school. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there there are natural kind of um, upgrades and, and progressions because um, it's either through state, um, like the we've just had to go through a whole curricula- recurriculation program um, because of the the different structure of the of the qualifications. Um, so that's one body, but then the university itself has its own program reviews. Um, so we continually are reflecting on what we're doing, um, and then I think. You, you need to, you need to move with the times because if you don't, you, everything around you changes. Your, mm. your consumer that you get, mm. your client that you get mm. changes as you go, as you grow. I mean, the generations differ. Mm. So, so you have to align Keep to up. it. You mm. have to. Hmm. And um, do you, another thing I was just curious about is when the students graduate and actually go into whatever it is, do you guys keep in touch with them to just kind of, you know, for a while, a period of time, just to see how they're doing, what's happening? 
you know, I feel like there's a lot of students. Personally, I've seen a lot of graduates um, from different fashion institutions who get into the world and then they arrive and then they realize, oh, my gosh, this is not what I thought. And then mm. they get swallowed up and lost and then they lose their dream and then they start working at some corner somewhere, flipping papers or whatever it is, but they just yeah. kind of lose it. So, and I've always felt, I have always, I'm a strong believer that as we go and as times change at this time now, as we speak, I feel that the incubation program is very important for a graduate is just graduating from, from, from college or from university and, and getting into the world to experience this. And this is real. The world is, the world is hard. I mean, there's mm. no time. It's, when you arrive into the world to play and trade and work, there's no, there's no more time. So I wonder if, uh, you've thought about it or if you guys actually want to, um, continue to, to sort of drive the students, even if it's not through the school directly, the UJ, but to drive the students to go and spend time either at an internship, which is a good way to enter, you know, because then really at an internship, if you have a year internship or five months or six, you're better than a person who just got out and is trying to really feel and sass the market without really, with with nothing. Or an incubation pick program that just allows them to really get into the industry. What do you, what are your thoughts? And like I said, this is not, may not have been, may not have applied three years ago, but as things go and as we move, there's so much going on and and there's ways to be able to say, oh, hold on, look what's happening to a lot of these graduates, um, what can we do to to help them, especially right after graduation? I absolutely agree. I think there's a there's a gap after after college because we also get a student that is that that doesn't have any skill, doesn't know anything, and we've only got a three year period in which to try and 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 teach them a whole lot, um, and and you can only go so far. So. And then they go into industry and, and either they get into a position which they feel comfortable and they can grow into, but very often, like you say, they fall into this gap or they, they move around and they're not quite sure how to mature from that. And I think that's an area that, and it is an incubation, it's an internship space that, that I think is lacking in South Africa. And that would be, I'm not quite sure how to fill that gap because I'm not sure that, that we can fill it. You know, we, we try and do that and we're always open for students to come back and for advice and that type of thing. And, and I don't think we do, we keep enough contact with our alumni. Um, but, but there are things that the university can do. You know, we could create spaces where we have con, Constant conversation, um, a, a TED talk kind of thing, mm-hmm. fashion talks or something like that, where you, mm-hmm. you're rolling every month with some kind of topic where people can meet and, and network and, and, and then go again. And, and so that could be a central space. But beyond that, the university does, or, or we don't, you know, we can stretch that far, but mm-hmm. not further. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that is very much a gap that needs to be filled. I'm not quite sure how. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edgy, do you have, uh, what's your two cents on this? And we've been speaking about this for such a long time, for a few months now with Edgy, because we also feel that with, uh, with the continent and where, what's happening a lot is you see the students graduate and then there's just a, a big gap where, and that gap is the, is like a hole where some of them just mm-hmm. drown and get lost. Some of them are just going up and down and up and down and up and down for years, just trying to figure out what's next and what's the next step. But Edgy, could you just share with us uh, your insight around maybe the value of just filling up that gap uh, um, at this student's time of the year after graduating uh, before getting into the real world? Um, just share with us what, you, what your take is on that. I think that gap gets filled long before the student graduates, and that gap is filled through internships. Um, you, don't, you can't do incubations until you finish, mostly. Um, but internships are so helpful. You go to school, you're sitting in class, you're learning about textiles, you're learning about all of these things. Then you go to an internship and you're actually handling the textile. And the internship could be a design house. It could be with a fabric house, a textile retailer. Uh, it could be with a sculptor because you can understand the body better. It could be with um, even an interior decorator, but something in something that keeps you in touch with what you're doing, you know, uh, something that personalizes the, the theories you're learning about. So yes, internships are important. And I think that's why, like with Fashion Lab, we're working towards being able to work with. I mean, being able to work with designers at home, which will of course be like the university 
to to see how we can help um, um, in 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 putting the students in touch with designers who are working either at home or abroad here. Um, just but internships are so important to just familiarizing the, the 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 students with what design actually is and empowering them. You know, um, it, it gives you such a feeling of strength and knowledge because I went through four of those just to graduate and they were all of them monumental for me. Mm. Yes, I I agree. Internships are are absolutely crucial. However, there's so many businesses in, uh, let's just take the Gauteng area, and there are X amount of graduates. I mean, we've got two groups of of third years, but there's all these other places. There's TUT, VUT, Life of Design School, et cetera, et cetera. And they all have third years as well. So the spaces are limited to be able to create that internship mm. space. So, so that's a bit of a problem. Um, but, but that is very, you know, that is, that is the first prize. Um, however, I think another thing that, that we need to create is, is a kind of a, a role model platform. Because I think that is something that young designers mm, could mm. inspire to or, or inspires young, young designers a lot. If they can see somebody that is two or three years or four years ahead of them and how they've gotten there and, and listen to them, you know, what were the, 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 the loopholes and what were the, the potholes that I fell into and how to get out and how did I get out of that and, and how did I move forward? So, mm. so that they do get out of the loop of now what? You know, just to add on to what you're saying, Desiree, I think um, that, first of all, two things. First thing is, in response also to the internship program, is I feel, as an African child who's had a lot of stories from the young designers in this continent, I have heard a lot of young designers say that they don't want to go to intern because it's they're abused. And I'll say this. So what happens is... The minute that a lot of interns who are, you know, on their way to graduating or whichever part of, or whichever level of their uh, curriculum, uh, want to expose themselves to what has to be, like internship is probably, I don't know if it's compulsory for the students, but if they feel that, okay, it's compulsory, they have to go. What I've realized with a lot of young designers who are in school, is that they get abused, and it's true. It is very abusive out here. And what I feel is, I'm now going to throw this and make uh, brands who are out there and other fashion businesses more responsible. And more responsible just means that if we don't take um, responsibility as organizations, as brands in this continent, to make sure that we understand what the intern is trying to achieve through the internship and make sure it's a two-way traffic. It's not, you can't just say you're, it's internships and it becomes like, I've seen students going to internships, like they probably block their head when they go there because they just, it's like, it's such a painful, silly experience to them because they're abused. They're packing boxes in the back for the whole of their internship. There's nothing you're acquiring through, through that. I think that even if it means, yes, you have a lot of boxes that need to be packed as a brand or as whoever you are out there you have to also realize that you are playing a role and you have to be responsible in this student's journey and responsibility is not they come in and sit down and pack boxes every day what are they going to acquire from internship so i the first yeah that's the first thing I, i want to just throw out there and uh, i've lost my train of thought of thought so so okay I was going to say something about that. I know Desiree, but the thing is, internships at core, they are necessary abuse. Every student should know that. It's it's like the sacrifice you make to be where you want to be. Because you think you're just packing boxes, but it shows you something on on, on the supply chain of fashion, you know? <laughs> as, you, as you hold on, hold on. If I had an internship where I had to go to for a year and I was packing boxes for the year, honey, that is... That is like, uh-uh, uh-uh, now for you, I refuse. That's, I'm the student who will be like, honey pie, hi, I am done, peace and love. No, out, out of there. So, so, Edu, let's go back and just, while you're saying what you're saying, I'll let you finish, but please, let's just call a spade a spade and not a spoon because there's a lot of abuse happening and I see, I've seen it. 
But let's just talk about the, the length of the internship because, you know, if you're going to go for a six-month period and you're packing boxes, then, yes, we're not going to use you again as a, as a placement site because because that's not what, what we then kind of contract you into for for doing our students because we you know we we there is a certain amount of of um assessment that is linked to the internship so so if it's for a a 14 week or a 6 month period then it has to have value um and we haven't really found that that is a, that there's the problem uh, there is a bit of a problem for for our our students, our fashion design students that go for a three-week observation period. <laughs> I know Someone you're in the, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I want to just I know your information yeah, And, and I was going to say, um, in the house, for those who are listening, we have um, Komotso, who's my assistant, who had also started as an intern and then moved, but moved. So she's making faces while we're having this conversation <laughs> just so that you know. Okay, fine. Let's go. Um, she studied with us. So, so they had... Um, so, so for students going for the three week period, we, we normally say we don't have too much control over what you're going to do. However, there are certain things that, you know, if this happens, that happens, come and tell us immediately. We, we stop that internship immediately. Um, if you are going to go, you know, pack the boxes or thread the machines, then keep your eyes open. And that's where I agree with you, Edgy. Keep your eyes open and see. And, and then see what, what you, what you wouldn't want to do when you have your own studio, when you have your own business, you know. Um, so, but because, but, but yeah, those, those aren't that, um, there are general. A, yeah, but there are a lot. <laughs> and and I can tell you, like, in the whole continent, I've got a lot of, um, young students I know also in Kenya who go through the same thing. And when they hear internship, they want to die, but they have to do it. But I think, my advice to students is, as Edgy said, Edgy has a different story. He's like, go and fill it in. I'm just saying to you strong uh, students out there who are doing their thing, who are on a good journey, who are moving forward is if you, this is my two cents. You can use it or you can toss it in the trash. If you get, get into a place and you're packing, but me, I wouldn't pack boxes for like, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll just have to leave. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. so don't feel the pressure. If you go in and you're packing boxes for three days and that's too long for you, tell them, hi, sorry, I'm done with the packing the boxes, peace and love. And you're out, out. That's it. You have to be strong and you have to be, um, I don't want, I don't, I don't like it when people say, oh, well, you know, that's the nature of the game because the other ones packed boxes. I'm sorry if Alice packed boxes. I'm not packing boxes. Mm. I, <laughs> like, I, <do. laughs> I want to learn something yeah, else. So can you please put yes. me on that side? Or if there's no space and all you have is, but go get a buy, hire a box packer. I'm not your box packer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 but I let me tell you something. <laughs> if, but, if you were an intern, right? Let's say you're in, let's say we're able to get you to the, that your student in South Africa were able to arrange an internship for you in New, in New York with a design studio. And they say to you, all you're doing today is packing boxes. All you're doing today is just running errands, making sure we have these kinds of buttons or whatever. You don't even get to see the design studio because they're just running you around. You know, as an intern, <laughs> that is a huge opportunity even smell the air at a Gucci studio, you know? Uh, Edgy, because, please, if they put me on packing boxes for three days, I'll say, guys, peace and love, I'm out. Like, are you serious? Do you know why I didn't intern? <laughs> huh? Did you ever ask yourself? <laughs> but listen, guys, we can go on and on around this conversation, but the truth is that, and like I said, even with Desiree, um, when she walked in, is there's conversations that, that we never really have. No mm. one has really ever has. And I think that we have the opportunity to have these conversations here at Fashion Lab um, because these conversations are so crucial into shaping the direction um, in which this industry is going to be going. When we sit and say we are advocating for really uh, supporting and developing the business behind fashion, there's got to be people doing. We can't just be talking, but I still believe that the conversations can stir up some sort of direction within the listeners, the audience, within the stakeholders who are listening, whoever, because no one's having the conversations, but this is the beginning of it. So I want to uh, just kind of... uh, Take a quick break by rolling over to Morgan Stein, who, Morag Stein, who is our beauty consultant. Uh, she's going to be glamming up this show right now because we need some glam up, uh, just so we can smile, uh, and then we will wrap up. But welcome to the show, Morag. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another session of Glam Up. Desiree, it's so lovely to have you in studio, an honor, really. Um, 
and I just really want to stress on the point that education is so important, whether it be in whatever field you're interested in. It's really, you know, your gateway to the future, really. Um, I'm going to get straight into it. And the lipstick color of the week, um, it's actually a new brand that's just launched in South Africa today. So we're very excited about it. Um, it's the undisputed icon of love. Um, and the, the cosmetic brand is love. Um, and the color is Chris, Christina's Red. And it's number 551. And, you know, with the 16 days of activism, activism that we're having in South Africa, um, the seductive red is really the statement of a self-assured strong woman. Such a beautiful statement um, that the brand makes. So I'm rocking it. I will post a picture on social media of it. It's stunning. Such a beautiful, vibrant color. Um, and, you know, we're talking about education. We're talking about the fashion industry education. And I just really want to focus on how important it is for education in the beauty industry or, you know, specifically in the makeup industry. Um, as most of you know, um, I do have a degree in somatology. Um, I studied at Isaac Carsten's Academy in Stellenbosch many, many, many years ago. Um, and, you know, it, it really was something that I loved at the time. But, you know, as I've grown and as I've developed, um, makeup is really my passion. Um, and, you know, I've gone into hairstyling and then, of course, the beauty consulting um, as well. So I just really want to focus on, um, you know, I have specifically have a lot of clients who want to know more about makeup, but specifically to obviously do it on their own faces, you know. So if you're an aspiring makeup artist, if you're still in school and you're listening, um, you know, there's so many places that you can study in Africa alone. Um, there's face-to-face, -face, there's coal, there's mud SA, there's head-to-toe makeup and styling school, um, there's Potch Academy, College SA, Intech, um, you know, as well as the varsities do offer special effects courses. I know there's Prestige in Cape Town. Um, and of course, there's a lot of online courses. Um, Nick Knight offers an online course. Also, Val Garland. Um, the only thing with Val Garland is you already need to be a makeup artist. So if you're looking to sort of better your skills, um, then, you know, you could apply for the Val Garland. And obviously, that's on acceptance and invite only. Um, you know, and I really feel... Um, as a makeup artist, you should be offering this service to your clients because, you know, watching YouTube tutorials all the time is not going to cut it because, listen, the makeup artist that's doing the YouTube tutorial, your face is very different, as in a different shape, different color, different texture, etc., etc. So what the makeup artist is showing you is not necessarily going to look amazing on your face. So I suggest you, you know, you have a, a makeup lesson with your makeup artist. If you don't have a makeup artist, you can just hop onto Google. Um, you know, I know MAC Cosmetics Worldwide offers a makeup lesson service and the, you know, the, it's in exchange for product. So that's quite a nice way to sort of learn and then you get product in exchange. Um, you know, and it's, it's really a beautiful thing because um, firstly, you're providing a service. Secondly, um, it inspires you to learn more about teaching your clients or teaching the industry. Um, there's also apps. You know, I love technology these days. So I'm also going to post um, from Harper's Bazaar the 11 must-have beauty apps. So if you're someone who likes to do these things in the privacy of your own home, this is a really, really great way to sort of, you know, get involved. There's also um, the Makeup Genius app, and that's from L'Oreal. It's a virtual makeup tester. Um, I have spoken about this app, I think it was my first or second show that I did. Um, you know, it's a fantastic app and it's really, um, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, you know, if I'm not sure about something, you just pop into the app and you can actually test it on your own face via the app. Um, you know, and it's really, I feel that once again, talking about collaboration, um, especially in Africa, it's something that doesn't happen often. And... There's a lot of makeup artists and beauty consultants doing their own thing. And, you know, it's really great for them. It's great for development. But at the same time, can you imagine how amazing it would be if the top makeup artists in Africa collaborated and had like a week workshop of how to do makeup and answer clients specifically, you know, specific questions and specific needs. Um, it would just be so fantastic. I think that's really something I should look into doing. 
um, you know, is collaborating with the others out there. And um, also, you know, the only the, a problem that I find in the education system, um, you know, I'm not so sure about um, the US or, or Europe, um, but in Africa, when, when um, students are doing a makeup course or beauty consulting course, they do the course and then what? You know, you think you're going to do Beyonce's makeup the next day. It doesn't work like that. You know, I've been in the industry for over 10 years and I've worked hard to get where I am. It's not an easy industry. It's cutthroat. It's hectic. But, you know, I really just want to say that if you've got your goals and, you know, we spoke about it last week as well, who your client target is, you can really grow in the industry. And I just think that academies and schools and varsities should be offering an after-study program. So really placing artists, placing um, designers into a program that sets them into the industry and really guides them um, onto that platform. And that's all I have for today. Um, that was Morag Stain, and you can follow me on all social media platforms at Morag Stain. That's M-O-R-A-G-S-T-E-Y-N. Over and out, have a wonderful weekend and full of love. Wow, that's Morag. Thank you very much. Now, I want to uh, come back to Desiree um, and just kind of uh, ask you to share with us where you see the future of African fashion. As much as you are working um, directly here in Johannesburg uh, with the UJ, I feel that um, it's interesting to kind of pick minds like yours to kind of see where do you think this industry is going. Um. I think this industry is has a great future. Um, I think it needs a slight refocus. I think we need to really concentrate on, on our small businesses. Um, I really think we need to support local small businesses on all formats, whether a manufacturer or whether designing. Um, and I do think we need to collaborate more into Africa. We, we very focused on, on a Western approach. And I think we need to not have that. I think we need to concentrate on, on where we are. Um, because I do think there's a huge amount of talent in, in this country. And I think there's a huge amount of scope. Um, we used to be a, um, we are a good design nation. Um, we, we just need to realize it again. Um, we became manufacturing nation, which, are, which we're not anymore. So I think, I think there's scope there. It's very nice. Edgy, where do you think the education system here is going? Or what would you like to see more of um, within our African fashion education system? <coughs> Sorry, it's just to tap into what Delria said. I mean, she was, she's been very explicit about what the problems are for, for them, especially. Uh, there's not enough placement for to allow, like internship placements to allow the students to have industry level interactions and also the quality of placements, you know, and, you know, maybe just promoting enough, uh, uh, everything to, that promotes in, uh, like industry interactions for the students is what the, re what the educational system needs to provide. And I don't know, on fashion labs and whatever it is that we can do, um, uh, you know, I'm sure we will, we will, do, our, we will do our best to, to help too. But I think, yeah, that's it. More, interactions with the industry for the students. I think it, it's very empowering for them. Wow, Desiree, thank you for joining us. Edgy, thank you for your input always. Uh, we always appreciate um, input, um, especially because uh, we are living in a very globalized um, world and we care about what's happening everywhere. And I think for us to be able to excel and to be able to move ahead, we have to be aware of what's happening. We have to pick minds from everywhere to be able to just get ahead of the game. Now, Desiree, for people who would like to contact you, maybe students or maybe fashion uh, fashion heads who are not really in the institutions yet, how can uh, how can our listeners connect with you? Um, the best would be through our um, website. It's www.ac.za. Um, uh, forward slash FADA, F-A-D-A, and then fashion. You'll get to our website. Our contact details are on there. Um, and uh, if not, just go and Google UJ. Uh, <laughs> a lot of UJ and UJ Orange, Orange will pop up, and, and through, through the website you'll be able to get hold of us. 
Thank you very much for joining us. Now we are on our last uh, part of this show. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? Desiree, do you remember when I spoke about it and said something was coming? <laughs> so this last segment is just Who You Want to Dress and Why? So we're going to start with you as the guest today. Just who, if you were given an opportunity, who you would want to dress and why you would want to dress them. Okay, I thought you were directing that at the, at the listeners and on me. <laughs> I haven't been thinking about that. Um, so who would I want to dress? Um Oh dear. Um, uh, do I need to choose a particular celebrity or could it just be kind of anyone? Like, just anybody, a name of who right. you want to dress um, and what, why you would want, you know, um, want to dress them. Well, I think, uh, then I'm going to say one of my colleagues in particular. I think, um, uh, that she um, um, would be very well. I, I love natural colors. I not, not love natural fabrics as well. Uh, and so uh, I think, and because I'm on a sustainability streak, um, I really would like to be able to to um, um, use particular um, um, labels. Uh, and I think I'm going to stick with the obsidian one because that's one that comes into mind. Um, it's a very much a label that has... Um, um, uh, space for, for different body types. So it's actually, you can, you can tighten it, you can loosen it, and it actually is a, it's ex- excellent flare. It's all natural linen. Uh, it is made in a, um, um, off the grid, um, space in, in the Eastern Cape. So I think that, that to me is really, really kind of, I think, where we need to be driving towards. So that's going to be my choice. It's very nice. Thank you. And Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? Besides yourself? Maybe <laughs> not me today. Today I, I want to dress maybe Donald Trump. I think his suits should be slimmer. God, please. <laughs> yes. Do, do you want to also put him on a diet with the wardrobe <laughs> or do you want to like, or are you just going to tailor stuff for him? God, his stomach just looks no, so big I'm, lately. I am. I'm implying that he needs to do everything. He needs to wear a slimmer suit. So he needs to But do he can't wear a slimmer suit with that stomach. Come on. Like <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Get to the point where you can wear a slimmer suit. <laughs> and maybe haircut. <laughs> oh gosh, it looks yeah, like he's got something growing there. Let's let the hair grow. Maybe a da- maybe an ombre sort of color. Anyway, that that's that's yours, Edgy. So we'll leave that to you. And then I want to dress uh, Desiree Small today, and I'm going to. Dr- I would want to dress you in my in a beautiful Lizogumbo hemp jumpsuit. I think you'd look good in my jumpsuits. You just haven't seen them yet. But when you see them, you'll be like, hi, it's me again. Red, blue, yellow, green, white. <laughs> and I'll make sure it's in hemp or it's in bamboo or it's in something that's really um, eco-friendly. So, but I just want to thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, for those who are um, in school or those who are still confused or those who just graduated or those who are about to graduate, I think one of the things uh, you mentioned was so profound is that start focusing so much. Like, it has to be with so much intent what a student decides to do from the beginning so that it doesn't just happen that you've graduated and you're still confused. That's just too many years of like time wastage. So pay attention. Um, and then if you want to wing it like me, we are still in business too, you know, so <laughs> that's an option. If you're tired of packing boxes, you know, feel strong. We are in a free world. Feel free, take your purse, throw on your heels and tell them you're no longer going to be uh, seen in that place again. So just be strong and just take, uh, also just have to remember that you have to also take responsibility for your actions. So when I say strong you can't just be running your mouth without really you gotta be strong and focused (laughs) but guys it's been great uh peace and love to you thank you all for contributing and thank you to our listeners for always tuning in we are on www.fashionlabafrica.com until next week peace and love fashion lab on cliffcentral.com cliffcentral.com